the Apostle Frederick Kaluluma podcast channel. Apostle Frederick is the senior pastor of the City of the Lord Church, and he has been anointed by God with a message that will take you deeper in your walk with Christ. We have the mission to bring hope to the hopeless, and we seek to build a community of believers founded on faith and walking in love until the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, if you would like to officially join the City of the Lord Church and get access to pastoral care, counsel, and one-on-one sessions with the man of God, fill in the form in the link below the podcast description. Now, here comes today's powerful word. It is your word. So grab your Bibles, pens, and notepads as we join Apostle Frederick from the City of the Lord Church in Lusaka, Zambia. Be blessed. So what animal did Noah find the most difficult to trust? A cheetah. <laughs> okay. I, I, you know, there's one that I read. I found it so funny. But I don't know if everyone will get it, but I'll read it still. If I laugh alone, Zondigwira, Zindigwire. <laughs> Who's ever reached that stage when you're handing in a school assignment? where you've edited, you've done all those things, then you just sing, whatever may pass. (laughs) Anyways, uh, so, there's a person who said they joined a secret cooking society and then they got kicked out of the secret cooking society. And the reason is, I'll read it in their words. I just got kicked out of a secret cooking society. I spilled the beans. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways. (laughs) Okay, let's 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 go to today's lesson. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Acts chapter seventeen. That's so funny. That's so funny. Acts 17, verse 22. We're going on a journey. Uh, For me, the moment God said doctrine and life, I decided we'd do a reset. So we're just starting afresh. So welcome to church. Welcome to your first service. Yeah. Yeah. So we've... We've just reset. We've reset. We've started afresh. Um, yeah, we've started afresh. So Acts 17, and I've taught this scripture almost every year during independence, right? Right? Haven't I taught this almost every year during independence? God determine your borders, shan shanoko. And I think apart from me, from the ministers, I think Digonis Malama likes it a lot. I, I, I know which scriptures each minister likes. You should ask me, I'll tell you. <laughs> okay. Now, 
Paul stood in the midst of Areopagus and said, Men of Athens. Where is Athens? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, which country is Athens in? Aha, ka general knowledge vune shwako. So, he said, men of Athens. Now, what were the people in Athens like? They liked wisdom. If you had to study the scriptures, the Jews liked signs. They're like, okay, you, you say you're the Messiah, then do something, you know? It's like those who meet you like, ah, I hear you're a man of God. Come on, say something. Tell me something about myself. That's how the Jews were like. And then the Greeks liked wisdom. So for them it's, oh, so you can do this miracle. Tell me the meaning of life. Tell me the meaning of this, this, this. Why is this like this? Why is a child born after nine months, not after seven? Why is this? Why is this? That's the way the Greeks were like. We should have both. So it says, because even in today's age, there are people who are looking for wisdom, others who are looking for science. Why not have both? And so he says, Men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you are very religious. This reminds me a lot of Zambia. I think Zambians are very religious. You can go get proper Christian advice in a bar today. I'm telling you, you'd be amazed. Let's say if there's something happening in a family and people, some of the people who publicly do some of the strangest things will come. So just trust in God do, and read your Bible. Make this Bible your friend. And, and you're like... <laughs> because Zambians are, are very religious. Okay? And he says this. He says, I perceive that you're very religious. And here's the interesting thing. It's possible to be very religious and still not know God. Because religion is just simply a repeated pattern. Let's continue. Verse 23. For as I was passing through and considering the objects of your worship, I even found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God. And he says, therefore, the one whom you worship without knowing him, I proclaim to you. Hi. Notice, he says, as I was considering the objects of your worship. Now, here's something that you'll find interesting about human beings. Human beings were naturally made to worship. There is no human being who doesn't show some form of reverence for something. There are certain people who you will reverence simply because they are older than you. There are others you will reverence because of the position that they have in your family. Elsewhere, they may be just considered a piri, but for you, that's Uncle Piri. So for you, when Uncle Piri comes, you even stand up because Uncle Piri has come. Somewhere else, they're like, a piri! But for you, Apiri is a very important person because he's Uncle Piri. I, I hope you're hearing me. By the way, 
If I was doing a marriage seminar, you know what I would say to the wives? He shouldn't be appearing at home. At home, let him feel like he's the king of the castle. I'll tell you later for husbands. <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing. But ideally, every person, if there's a place they should enjoy, it's home. That wisdom applies to wives, it applies to husbands, it applies to parents, it applies to all those people. Home should be where it's been a rough day. Someone can't wait to just get home. <laughs> Not they're thinking it's been a rough day. Home. <laughs> it should never be like that. So home should be like a jumping castle. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> Okay, let's continue. Uh, human beings were naturally made to worship. So we naturally show reverence for things we like. And we will show reverence for many things. That's why, have you observed the first thing God says is, you shall have no other God before me. Because when it comes to having gods, human beings are quick. Because we naturally have reverence for so many things. Such that you can have gods without knowing it. Do you know you can worship your football team? No, I'm serious. You, you have to be careful. Football. Huh? You have to be careful. Now, I want you to think about this. Somebody's team loses. They get a stone. They smash the TV. The kids cry, hey, how will we watch Cartoon Network? <laughs> and the person gets a belt, whips the children. The wife says, Imwebashi. <laughs> Machiramo. And the wife receives a good one simply because of their football team. That's idol worship now. Do you know that if you're not careful, you can worship uh, relationships? You can worship relationships. You even have a worship song for your relationship. <laughs> no. <laughs> and it's probably, probably some 1999 R&B song. And, and no, you can worship them. Such a, for you, pack a fear you're in a relationship. As in, life just doesn't make sense unless you're in one. I don't know if you're hearing me. So somebody jumps from relationship to relationship. They don't even fall in love. They just fall in love with relationships. Just the idea of receiving a flower on Valentine. <laughs> Are you aware that you can fall in love? You can begin to worship. Uh, you can be, I'll, I'll, let, let me say it a bit strongly. You can begin to worship the goddess of sexual morality. You can begin to worship Jezebel. And you know something about Jezebel? I'll tell you how it works. Scripturally, do you remember when Jesus was speaking about Jezebel? He said, you've tolerated her. So meaning, worshiping Jezebel doesn't start with, oh, Jezebel. No, it starts with tolerating. Then as you tolerate, that fierceness grows. Someone can begin to worship I want you to imagine this. Somebody is driving home 
and in countries like Zambia where some of our laws are not either not clear or they're just by word of mouth. So somebody is driving home and they stop at the roadside and pick a person of the night. And then before you know it, they've ruined first themselves physically, there's something they're doing to themselves. Some things I can't say here, but they are damaging themselves. Perhaps, let's say, in that, pro in that process, they get syphilis. Then they take it home and injure their partner as well, which in turn injures the children as well. And then they cut off their life expectancy, which then makes um, the children now grow up angry at everyone because no one else took care of them, so now they're also angry at God. And then in their being angry, they went and produced three more who are also angry, who produced five angrier ones, who produced 15 angrier ones, or because somebody wanted to meet a sexual craving of which they wouldn't even have died if they didn't meet it. That's idol worship. And that's worshiping Jezebel. So you can actually... That's, it, 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 it's not coincidence that God starts by saying, you shall have no other God before me. Because human beings easily have objects of worship. That's why you should get careful if you notice you're beginning to get obsessed with something. Anything that's not under your control, you can start worshipping it. Do you know you can worship mammon? Mammon is the spirit behind money. You can worship mammon. This is interesting that there are some people who gave up their bodies because they wanted a Blackberry 85 at 520, whatever it was called. Now, unfortunately, we're now on iPhone 14. That's the unfortunate part. That's the unfortunate part. You know, you can worship others. I'll use the iPhone example, please. If you know you can't afford the iPhone 14, ladies and gentlemen, if you know that currently it's not even near the parameters, <laughs> it's nowhere near the parameters of your budget. If you know you can't afford the iPhone 14, but then you've got those friends who somehow they always just have the latest. By the way, it's not that people who have the latest things are doing silly things. There are some people who are just favored. Like, uh, that's like an uncle who just sends them, uh, here's the iPhone 14. There are others who may have other funny ways, but as believers, our way is not to be suspicious. So now, please, if you can't afford the iPhone 14, here's free advice. Well, the moment the iPhone 14 comes out, the price for iPhone 13 would drop, which means the price for iPhone 12 would drop, and then the price for iPhone 11 would drop. <laughs> iPhone 10. So, just know your level. If maybe at this point, your level is to move. So maybe if at this point your level is to move to iPhone 8, get that iPhone 8 and walk with it with boldness. Buy a screen protector. 
Because if you're not careful, you can worship things. So that's what Paul is saying. He's saying, when I considered the objects of your worship, that shows you that it's very possible to have objects of worship. And I was just saying all those things as a by the way, because it's very possible to idolize and worship things. You can idolize and worship a person. You can make them your God, where you, you dance to their tune, no matter what they say and no matter what they do. But then, here's the good news. Let's continue. He says, go back, therefore, the one whom you worship without knowing him, I proclaim to you. Meaning, deep within, there's this, there's always been this, I need to worship the true God, I need to worship the true God. And such that there are people who without knowing have been pointing their hearts towards the true God. And then Paul is saying, him, let me proclaim to you. Praise God. Genesis chapter 1 verse 1. So you may be wondering what's the title of our first sermon. Like I said, we've started afresh. So our first sermon is introducing God. So now, Genesis 1 verse 1. It says, in the beginning, stop saying that in your head. Stop saying that in your head. I said, stop saying it in your head. You know, when something gets stuck in your head, you can begin to think that by saying the right thing, you're saying the wrong thing. Eh? In the beginning. God created the heavens and the earth. You know what's interesting? I, I've studied this topic so much that like as a game in my head, I don't know if you can call it a game, I'm able to tell a Bible version based on their Genesis 1 verse 1. So for example, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. This is definitely NKJV and NIV. If it's God created the heaven and the earth, that's KJV. If it's in the beginning when God created the universe, that's good news. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's good news. In the beginning when God created the universe, that's good news. I, the reason why that got me like that is because I discovered, um, for example, I can't teach this scripture from good news. I can't. It, it, it messes it up. I can't teach this from good news. Let me show you what I mean. Look at, leave it in good news. In the beginning when God created the universe, next verse, the earth was formless and desolate. Mm -mm, that's wrong. Go back to Genesis 1 verse 1. No, it's, it's, since it's the class, I'll be open. Give me now from the New King James. This is one of the few where even KJV had a slight, anyways. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Next verse. The earth was without form. There's so much in those two verses. Go back. Verse 1. If you read this from the Hebrew, right? It would read, Reshith Elohim. God there is Elohim. H-I-M always means plural in the Hebrew. And the word for heavens, I think it's Shamaim, is also plural. That's why it's heavens. 
because scripturally there is more than one heaven, right? If you read 2 Corinthians 12 and you give me verse 2, you see that it says, I know a man who 14 years ago, whether in the body I do not know or whether out of the body I do not know, God knows. And such a one was caught up to the third heaven. Now your curiosity isn't steered if all you know is the universe. Go back to Genesis 1 verse 1. Now, it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, right? Then the next verse says, the earth was formless and void. Uh, who's got an NIV with them? Like physical. Wait, do we... <laughs> Physical. If you check, you'll see a footnote, probably a footnote on the word was, and the word was will read or possibly became, because the Hebrew word there for was means to become, like to come to pass. In short, when you do a study of the Bible, you discover that the earth being formless and void is not how it was created. I will say that again. The earth being formless and void is not how it was created. The earth used to be full. Give me Genesis 1. And let's go back to the King James. Give me verse 28. Don't worry, we'll go through everything. <laughs> and God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. You're only replenishing something if it was full in the first place. And subdue it. You're only subduing if there's already an enemy. So there was already... By the time we're reaching this point, Satan had already fallen and there were certain things that had already happened on earth. So between Genesis 1 verse 1 and Genesis 1 verse 2 could even be millions of years, could even be the age of the dinosaurs, could even be the age of other kingdoms that we know not about. Some of them could even be demons right now. Well, that's a story for another day. Let's go back to Genesis 1 verse 1. We are, we are going to, like I said, we're going to go deep into these things. That's why you find no one can talk you out of something when you've studied. And we'll go into scriptures that show the period even before the Adamic age. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth, for the devil has fallen. When did Satan fall? And which inhabitants did he fall on? And you'll find it, I'm telling you, when you study the scriptures, you'll find certain things interesting. You'll find certain things interesting. What's one of the names for angels in the scriptures? They are called stars, right? Angels are referred to as stars. Interesting. When you do some of your research, what do they say wiped out the dinosaurs? What do they say wiped out the dinosaurs? They, they, they claim there was 
a shower, like a meet, like, and it was stars that fell. So in the beginning, now this is what we're starting from. In the beginning, God. Somebody say God. So the first word used for God is Elohim. As I said, Elohim is plural. Singular is El. That's why you get El Shaddai. That means God Almighty. That's why you get Elion. So El is singular. But then Elohim, that's why you never hear Elohim Shaddai. Okay? Because Elohim is plural. So in the beginning, God. Turn to your neighbor and say, in the beginning, God. That's where we start from, in terms of our knowledge. Our knowledge, interestingly, in, our, in, in, in the physical form, we fail to comprehend beyond, um, like, you know, like it's like a number line. We fail to comprehend beyond zero. <laughs> the negative ones, the negative fives. And our knowledge begins from the place of in the beginning. And the first thing that we see about God is that the mysteriousness of him is that we can already begin to see the Trinity being expressed firstly from the very first word that's used, Elohim, because that's plural. The second thing that we see is look at Genesis 1.26. And yet again, it's the word Elohim. And Elohim said, let us, who is the us he's talking about? Let us make man in our image after our likeness. Whose likeness is he referring to? Have you observed that in Genesis 1.26, God has a conversation with himself? And in having a conversation with himself, he says, let us make human beings in our likeness, in our image. Let them resemble us. So you don't know how God looks like. I also don't know. <laughs> because now here's the fact that's interesting. <laughs> here's the fact that's interesting. So God decides to make man in his image. And already here again, you're seeing God talking to himself. And when we read the scriptures, we get to see the triune nature of God being revealed. Look at John 1 verse 1. It says, In the beginning was... Come on guys, in the beginning was... And the word was... And the word was... Now this is where... I would have a challenge with, and as I said, because it's church, and the way church will be going, some of the sermons will be a bit like, you know, like a Bible class. This is where now I would have a challenge with the, um, the witness doctrine. Because from this verse, Jesus is immediately disqualified. Because in their revised Bible, it will say, and the word was a God. That's why I would have a challenge. 
So anyways, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Hey, are you seeing the mysteriousness of this? We're being told in the beginning was a word, and then the word is being referred to as a separate personality from God, and afterwards, the word is being referred to as God. So in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And scripturally, we are shown of three that bear witness, and three that eternally bore witness in heaven. And let's read what they expressed us. You see this in 1 John 5 verse 7. It says there are three that bear witness. Oh, I hope we're learning. For there are three that bear witness in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. In case you've always looked for a scripture, we found one. Okay? You want to know the ones that bear witness on earth? The next verse shows you who bears witness on earth. Verse 8. Hey. 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 Do we have verse (laughs) 8? And there are three that bear witness in earth. The spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three agree in one. Okay. You want us to go into detail of that one? Yeah. <laughs> we'll go into it later. It's precept upon precept. But at least I'm just leaving you thinking. So on three, on earth, the three biggest witnesses, the spirit, the water, the blood. And these three agree as one. <laughs> okay. Back to verse 7. So we see God, who is one, expressed through the persons of the Father, the Word, and the Spirit. Now, I want us to understand something about the Word. The Word in, I'll use this term, you'll hear me use this term. The Word in eternity past, when I say eternity past, We're just trying to find a way of saying the beginning, that period. The word in eternity past, number one, was not referred to as the Son. Because the word was not flesh. No, you you follow me well. The word in eternity past, you may ask, what was the word's name? The word was the word. Because that name was given as an inheritance. Now this word in eternity past, you know, sometimes people picture heaven like, okay, he was the father, and then he had this little boy. (laughs) He had this little boy called Jesus, like, Hi, Jesus. Hi, Dad. So you see, when you grow up, when you grow up, I'm going to send you on earth as a baby, and then you're going to die. Do I have to die? Yes, you're going to have to die, but that's not the way it works. That's not, I, I, I think you have to understand 
that Jesus was not this little boy lingering in heaven. Through him were all things made. And without him was nothing made which was made. Now this word, this word, the one from John 1, when you go to verse 14, what does the Bible say? The word became flesh. So the word didn't pre-exist as flesh. The word became flesh. And when the word became flesh, the word, the word dwelt among men. Let me just show you a few things about the word. So there's the Father, the Word, and the Spirit, right? I'm focusing more on the Word. Look at what the Bible says of him in Philippians chapter number 2. This is another verse that I studied. Have you ever studied a verse so much you can quote it in all versions? <laughs> this is one of those. Philippians chapter number 2. Let's start from verse 5. Let this Aha. Uh -huh. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Verse 6. Who being in the form of God, amplified, who possessing uh -huh, the same attributes that make God God. Can, can we have it? Who, although being essentially one with God and in the form of God, possessing the fullness of the attributes which make God God. So meaning, what's the existing state of the word in the beginning? The same attributes, the same fullness of attributes which make God God. That's the state of the word. And then, <laughs> what does he do? Next verse. He stripped himself of all privileges of rightful dignity so as to the, assume the guise of a servant in that he became like men and was born a human being. So the word became flesh and became fully man, yet being fully God. But the word became flesh. He lowered himself. And here's what happened. The word lowers himself, becomes a man, and then what does the father do? Exhorts him to the highest place and gives him the name above every name. That at the name Jesus. Praise God. So he was born like a human being. So the word had to become flesh. And then the day the word became flesh, that's the day the word became now the son of God. Let me show it to you. Let me show it to you. Uh, Hebrews. Hebrews. Chapter 1, verse 1. This is, I'm sure it's a verse you've memorized, right? Verse 1 starts, uh-huh. In sundry times and in the past, God has spoken to the fathers through the prophets. But now, he has spoken through his son. In these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. There are some people who use this verse to say there are no prophets. Hey. You know what this verse is showing you? It's showing you that there is no prophet, no apostle, no pastor, no one who will ever come in the same level of, and get my words right, 
in the same level of doctrinal authority as the son. By that I mean, remember the prophets were all pointing towards Jesus. So after now the Lord Jesus, everybody else, whatever we say or do must point back to him. That's what makes the cross, not so. They point this side, we point this side. He's the center. The moment they point to anything else, they are a false prophet. The moment they point to any other mediator, they are a false prophet. The moment they point to any other mediator, they are a false prophet. It can make you question some doctrines because they point to another mediator. Okay, so now he has spoken to us by his son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds. In which state did he make the worlds? As the word. Remember, in the beginning was the word. So this is confirming this very same person from John. But now, go down a few verses, and verse 5, you see that there's actually a day when this happened. What does it say? For to which of the angels did he ever say, you are my son. Take note of this word. Today I have begotten you. There was a specific day. And again, I will be to him a father. And he shall be to me a son. I want you to imagine this. Eh? I want you to imagine somebody that you consider your equal. Maybe they're your close friend that your brother or your sister or anything like that. And then to save those you love, the person decides I will be your child. From being completely independent, I will be dependent. I will not do anything unless I see you do it. Like I will lower myself, become like them, and I will be your child. Not just your child, I also become your servant. Why you say today I've begotten you. How do you think about it like that? If there is one attribute of the Godhead that I've always admired, it's the attribute of humility. The Holy Spirit never speaks of himself. And yet you speak against him. The Godhead is okay. No, him you don't touch. <laughs> is, is somebody seeing that? So, a specific day happened where the Spirit of God planted the word inside of Mary. And that day, the word became flesh. No wonder, you know what the Bible calls it? A mystery. Look at 1 Timothy 3.16. And I want us to read it together because I want you to imagine the day the word became flesh. Everything on earth just went like, what's going on? Some star just said, I'm not moving. I'm not moving. There was a star, maybe it was even, because you know stars move. And that star just said, I want to see. Some angels just found themselves like, they didn't know who to tell. Anyway, you're even sleeping on the field. Do you know what has gone on this side? <laughs> it went crazy. It says, and without controversy. Look at this. Great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh. 
justified in the spirit, seen by angels, preached among the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up in glory. That means, you know, there are certain angels, that was the first time they were ever seeing God. There were some angels like, hey, we heard God has been, I'm sure some even just ran out of the barracks. I just want to see how God looks like. Because when you read scripture, there's some angels that don't see him. Even angels differ in levels of glory. For example, the angel Michael. <laughs> the angel Michael is not at the level of other angels. Sometimes you hear people making interesting prayers. Now I call Michael. Michael, come here. Anyway. <laughs> Oh, have you ever heard of those people who manifest angels? You guys are everywhere. How of you guys have been spared? Your first experience on COL. There are people who it's time for prayer, they just hear. I am Angel Michael. <laughs> 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 I'm ever in such a meeting. <laughs> and then when they complain, I'll say, no, look, as King Charles said, what would you <laughs> okay. And as time goes by, we'll look at these topics as well. For example, do you know that angels learn from you? According to the scriptures. Because according to the scriptures, it says they long to look into these things. Are you aware that you will judge angels? according to the scriptures. Paul was talking to the church. He was like, you guys are failing to judge matters and yet one day you will judge the world. And he also goes and says, you will judge angels. There's a lot that's yet to be revealed. Some people I can't wait to judge. Anyways, let's... <laughs> you find on the judgment day, you even walk with a t-shirt, I told you. <laughs> Okay. Now, God was manifested in the flesh, and godliness is it's a mystery. That's what I'm saying. I'll, I'll, I find it amazing. One of them came back and said, Guys, I saw God today. You can find another one complained. Anyway, no, but God, you've made, you look like man. Amazing. Let's continue. Here are a few things that you should know about God. Number one, God is a spirit. God is a spirit. Okay? Now, how do spirits look, right? Okay. 
close your eyes and then look inside. Then when the day you find out, come tell me. So God is a spirit. Allow me to mention also that spirits, and let me say this, spirits do not have a gender. God is a spirit. Let me show you that. Genesis 1.26. Let us make human beings. Let them be like us and resemble us. Let them have radar or dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Next verse. So God created man. What's the first thing God created? In his own image. What image is that? That's spirit. Then it says, in the image of God, he created him. That's two. Male and female, he created them. That's three. And man is spirit, soul, body. Gender is created. So you can be female and let's say I'll use the teaching on mantles for example there's nothing wrong with a female and the grace upon your life is the same grace upon Elijah it doesn't always have to be Anna and Deborah it can also be Elijah it can be Elisha because the anointing is not gender I'll say it again the anointing is not limited to gender and you can be a man and God tells you I'm calling you like I called Deborah or like I called Anna. Because the anointing is not limited to that. So God is a spirit. John chapter 4, verse 24. God is a spirit. So John 4, 24 says, God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him, must worship in spirit and truth. So God is spirit. Somebody say God is spirit. God is spirit. Say it again. God is spirit. And that's why if you're going to connect to God, you have to learn to connect in spirit. Let me give you an example. I want everyone just to close their eyes for a minute. Try to forget yourself. Now if you pray in other tongues, for 20 seconds I want you to pray in other tongues under your breath if you don't speak in other tongues just glorify him You can lift your hands if you want to. But just 20 more seconds. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
Thank you. Hallelujah. Praise God. How does the environment feel? Do you know why the environment feels like this? You're connected in your spirit. This environment was always there. You just had to connect to it. I want you to imagine you did that for 30 minutes. I want you to imagine you did that for an hour. And for an hour, you're surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I want you to imagine that. Okay. <laughs> Praise God. We declare your majesty. We proclaim that your name is exalted. As you give me Hebrews uh, 12 verse 9. For your reign magnificently rule victorious in your power it is shown throughout the earth and we proclaim that our God is mighty. Lift up your name, for you are holy. Sing it again, for honor and glory. In adoration, we bow before your throne. Okay, 30 more seconds. Oh, heaven, declare. The glory of the mm -hmm. who can compare with the beauty of the Lord forever you will be The Lamb upon the throne I gladly bow my knees To worship you, O Lord Okavako mm. muyayaya Oh, wana wampanga paufumo. Tulemi fuka mina. Thank you, Lord Jesus. For you are glorious and worthy to be praised, the Lamb 
upon the throne and unto you we lift our voice in praise the Lamb upon the throne praise the Lord now let's continue We'll be having a lot of these when we're talking about... You can't talk about God and not just every moment to just break out in praise and worship. Then it's not God you're talking about. Talking about your grandfather. <laughs> I've always wanted to say that. So let's continue. Now, when the Bible says we're made in the image of God, it means we are spirits. Notice what it says. Furthermore, we have had human fathers. This is Hebrews 12.9. We have had human fathers who corrected us and we paid them respect. Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the father of spirits and live? So God is the father of spirits. So God's a spirit and when it says he created you in his image, are a spirit. So whether you and God look alike is a question to be debated for eternity. But in the essence of you resembling him, you are a spirit. Say, I'm a spirit. Praise God. Let's continue. Second thing you should know about God. In... Now, I, I want you to get my context here. Uh, the word became flesh, right? Meaning the word became a human being. But in his initial nature as God, you must understand that God is different from a man. In the context that God is not limited to what human beings are limited to. You find that in Numbers 23, 19. When it says, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? Thirdly, God, in his nature, if you want to know what he's like, he's merciful and gracious. But that doesn't stop him from being the righteous judge. Now, this is what he said about himself. I want us to read it, Exodus chapter 34. Do you remember when Moses said, Lord, show me your glory? How many of you remember that? Many other times when we think about the glory of God, we always refer to maybe this smoke or this dust or this fire, and all those things are attributes of the glory of God. But it's interesting that when all those things happen, there is a voice that proclaimed who God is. So the glory of God beyond all those things is a proclamation of the person of God. It's beyond... Imagine, what's more glorious, the motorcade of the president or actually getting to interact with the president himself? So many people are so fascinated by the motorcades of God that sometimes they get to miss out on the actual person. So, 
God, Moses asked God to reveal himself to him. And look at verse 6. It says, the Lord passed before and proclaimed, the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth. Merciful and gracious is referring to like, like the compassion that a mother has towards their child. That's how he is like. Say, God, I acknowledge you as merciful and gracious. Now, interestingly, he goes on to say that we in no way justify the guilty. In verse 7, it says, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression of sin. And that will by no means clear the guilty. Visiting the iniquity even to the third and the fourth generation. In short, you don't mess with him. <laughs> He's merciful and gracious, but he's not gullible. You don't play around with him. Oh no, since God is forgiving, what I'll do today, I'll go do this. Tuesday, I'll say this prayer. Wednesday, okay, midweek, so I'll do this. Thursday, Friday, it will cry. Saturday, I'll do this. Sunday, I'll even answer the otaku again. That's playing with him. <laughs> Ah, praise God. Say this, say, Holy Spirit, reveal God to me. Let's have two more things, then we're done for the day. He, another thing you should know about him is that because he's the one who created everything, nature reveals the glory of God. Psalms 97 verse 6, it says, the heavens declare his righteousness and all the peoples see his glory. The heavens. The heavens are referring to the stars. The heavens are referring to the planets. They declare his righteousness and all the peoples will see his glory. Job chapter, tw Job chapter 12 verse 7. It says... Then Job answered, no, verse 7, give me verse 7. But now ask the beasts, you know what the beasts are, right? The animals, animals. As a matter of fact, when you go to, I think when you, when you go to Zimbabwe, they don't usually call them cows, they call them beasts, okay? So it says, ask the beasts and they will teach you, hey, I want you to pay attention. Job is literally saying, go sit down with animals, they'll teach you a few things. And he says, ask the beasts, they'll teach you. Ask the birds, and the birds of the air, and they will tell you. What do they tell you? Or speak to the earth, and it will teach you. And the fish of the sea will explain to you. Who among all these does not know that the hand of the Lord has done this? It shows you something. You can see the glory of God revealed even in nature. Who's ever experienced it before? Maybe where sometimes there's a way you will hear God when you're in a natural environment. Like you're away from the roads and the hustle and bustle life. You just go sit by the grass and just something just feels like, mm, Lord, you're amazing. Which may not always feel the same in a coffee store. That's why sometimes I honestly advise you to 
or by laptop screen, drop it, connect with nature. <laughs> nature was made to reveal the glory of God. And it's interesting that I believe that if you actually go deeper into science, you'll find yourself on your knees worshiping, saying, okay, this can only be God. Have you noticed how even just simple things like animal instinct reveals the glory and the nature of God? Have you observed how you know that when there's a tsunami and all those things, there's some animals that escape, a number of them, because they can hear it from miles away. The glory of God is revealed in so many things. How much more human beings <laughs> who are made in his likeness. Finally, for today, let's improve our worship vocabulary. I've given you guys this example before of a time when I was younger, right? And I would just worship based on any words that I hear in front. And I ended up unleashing, oh God, I rebuke you. <laughs> I rebuke you a lot today because I'd heard the word rebuke. Okay? I want us to have these three words in our worship vocabulary. Maybe sometimes we use them. No idea what they mean. He is omnipresent. Touch your neighbor and say omnipresent. He is omniscient. Turn to your neighbor and say omniscient. omniscient. How to spell it? Om. Ni. <laughs> and then make sure you add it. Shent. To that place I'm ashamed of, but with S-H. <laughs> Anyways, the father understands. He's merciful and gracious. So, omnipresent. Omniscient. And you know the third one? omnipotent at least when worshipping God oh omniscient one <laughs> omnipresent one you know what let me even add omnipotent one <laughs> and you know some of, have you heard some of these words in songs before uh, I think omnipotent is in Holy Spirit thou art welcome in this place right Omnipotent Father of mercy and grace. I, I'm not certain if I've heard omniscient and omnipresent. Now, Psalm 139 from verse 1 to verse <laughs> Let's just be going. This one will reveal a lot of his omnipresence and omniscience. Omnipresent means you can't run away from him. He's everywhere. Omniscient means he knows everything. So let's go. Oh Lord, you have searched me and known me. And David personalizes that he doesn't just know everything, he also knows you. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thought afar off. Uh -huh. You comprehend my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Read your name and say, he knows you. He 
And it says, for there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. Meaning, even before I've said it, you already know my words. So even the thoughts you think on the inside of the ones you think on the inside of the inside. (laughs) He knows them. And he says, you have hedged me behind and before. Meaning, you're in front of me, you're behind me. And it says, and laid your hand upon me. You'll be wondering, ah, pastor has not laid his hands on me in a while. There is something better. (laughs) He's laid his hand on you. Next verse. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. He says, it is high. I cannot attain it. Uh-huh. And then now look at the next part. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? Have you ever tried to run away from God? Still there. Okay, no, you know what? Today, I'll come back to Christianity properly tomorrow. Hey. Then he appears in your conscience to say hi. (laughs) He says, where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? Let's continue. If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. Uh If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost part of the sea, what happens? Even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. He is omnipresent and he is omniscient. Romans 11 verse 33, Paul says, All the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. Lift your hands and say, Oh God, I love your judgments. I love your words. How unsearchable they are. are. Amen. Wonderful. Like improve your worship vocabulary. Your worship vocabulary, you can't always be giving God an all. You guys, suppose know what I'm talking about. If you've noticed nowadays, and I'm not saying the songs are bad, but almost every song is an all. Right? Like you can get away with worshiping God just with an all. Like you can start from oh. And the next one can be, oh, and the next one will be, oh, my heart sings, oh, and there's a place for that. So please, you can keep giving God your alls in your intimate moments, but in between, like, shock the heavens today, say, hey, the depth of your wisdom, hey, I'm, I'm, shock the heavens. In heaven, they even know. I am like, guys, get ready for all. (laughs) Um, Do you know one reason why I like a lot of old songs and some some new ones? So for those who know me, I'm very uh, lyrical in nature. I like songs with a lot of words. Like I want to like, sit and start God of creation I'm even thinking of creation there does start in my mind I'm Genesis 1 verse 1 ah that even drops out <laughs> then I keep going I end I, I like that I say oh 
Lord, I love you, so I give you an oh. <laughs> Nobody deserves my oh like you do. <laughs> so please, I'm okay with your O's, but add a little bit of substance to your O. So turn to your neighbor and say, this week we're adding more to that O. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, finally, for today, we're still on omnipresent, he's omnipotent. This means almighty and all powerful. Okay? Genesis 17, verse 1. I'll give you three verses for this. No, four. Genesis 17, verse 1. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty. Or, I am El Shaddai. Walk before me and be blameless. He declares himself as the mighty one. As El Shaddai. Look at Psalm 93 verse 1 to 4. And I want us to, can we declare it together? Psalm 93, verse 1 to 4. 1, 2, 3, let's go. The Lord reigns. He is clothed with majesty. The Lord is clothed. He has girded himself with strength. Surely the world is established, so it cannot be moved. Next verse. Your throne is established from of old. You are from everlasting. Next verse. The floods have lifted up, O Lord. The floods have lifted up their voice. The floods lift up their waves. The Lord on high is mightier than the noise of many waters, than the mighty waves of the sea. Can you imagine that? Just declaring that the Lord is mightier than the waves of the sea. Psalm 97. Let's read verse 1 to 5. <laughs> this one is shrouded with some mystery. Psalm 97 from verse 1 to 5. Let's go. 1, 2, 3, let's go. The Lord reigns. Let the earth rejoice. Rejoice. Let's continue. Let the multitude of isles be glad. Uh -huh. Clouds and darkness surround him. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. A fire goes before him and burns up his enemies round about. Uh -huh. His lightnings light the world. The earth sees and trembles. The mountains melt like wax at the presence of the Lord. At the presence of the Lord of the whole earth. And, and you wonder, do you know there are moments where God can be manifest in a place? You can't stand. You can't stand. But you know what's interesting? Sometimes God wants things in such a way that rather than his glories forcing you to kneel, your heart just loves and adores him so much that you're on your own. Your revelation of God is so strong that you get on your knees. Let's have one more verse. Revelations chapter 19. 
verse 6. Revelations chapter 19, verse 6. Let's read it. One, two, three, go. As the sound of many waters and as the sound of mighty thunderings say, Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigns. Hey. Now, have you observed something? We were told that God's voice is greater than the voice of the flood. And it seems interesting that as the multitude worships together, their voice becomes as powerful as God's. So can you imagine the glory that's there when we worship together? So this God we serve is omnipresent, is omniscient, is all-powerful. I want us to have five to seven minutes of worship and we close. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Just give me a key. Thank you. Your Lord Jesus, thank you. Hallelujah. 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 God from beginning to the end. you 
Jesus our King, Majesty, worship His Majesty, Jesus who died is now glorified, King of all kings, and Jesus who died is now glorified. Thank you. I climbed unto the highest mountains, looked all around, couldn't find nobody. I went down into the deepest valley, looked all around down there, couldn't find nobody. E I went across the deep blue sea, couldn't find one to compare to your grace, your love, your mercy. Nobody greater, nobody greater than you. I searched all over, couldn't find nobody. I looked high and low, 
still couldn't find nobody nobody greater nobody greater lord nobody greater than you i searched all over everyone i searched all over couldn't find nobody i looked high and low still couldn't find nobody nobody greater nobody greater lord nobody greater than you i searched all over one more time i searched all over couldn't find nobody I looked high and low Nobody greater Nobody greater Lord Nobody greater than you Nobody greater everyone Nobody greater there's nobody greater, Lord, nobody greater than you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Nobody greater than you. Nobody greater. Nobody greater, Lord. I want everyone on their feet just for one more minute. And just proclaim who God is in your life. Call him the names that you believe he is. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Just proclaim him. Give him an offering of words. Just in a few more minutes. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Just proclaim him. Proclaim him. Proclaim him. Thank you, Lord Jesus. El Shaddai. El Shaddai. El Adonai. Age to age, you're still the same. By the power of your name, you should die. You should die. Ekankana Adonai. We will praise and lift you high. El should die. And through your love and through the ram, you saved the son of Abraham. And through the power of your hand, you turned the sea into dry land. And to the outcast on her knees, you were the God who really sees. And by your might, you set your children free. El Shaddai, El Shaddai, El Shaddai. 
Eleliona Adonai Age to age you're still the same By the power of your name El Shaddai, El Shaddai El Kankana Adonai We will praise and lift you high El Shaddai one more time, El Shaddai, everybody. El Shaddai, El Shaddai, El Eliona Adonai. Age to age, still the same. By the power of your name, El Shaddai, El Shaddai, El Kamkana Adonai. We will praise and lift you high, El Shaddai. Praise the Lord. If there is somebody here who would love to confess Jesus as their Lord before we close your service, since we're all standing, just lift your hand and wave it. If you would want to be born again today and give your life to this God who created you, Raise your hand and just wave it so I can see it. Are there any hands? Unfortunately, today I can't take so long. I've seen a hand that side. Okay, those who've raised their hands, let them just come. And ashes or anybody next to them can just escort them to the front. Let them just come. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Come through. Come through. You can stand over there. Every praise God. Every word of worship. Are the words meaning a lot more to you today? Please lift your hands. You can just lower it a bit. Lift your hands, please. Just say after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I confess you as my Lord. And from today, I'm born again. Congratulations. Let me speak the blessing. <laughs> In the name of Jesus. Even as I've proclaimed God to you, this is the blessing to you. You shall hear the voice of the Lord proclaiming God to you. And in the name of Jesus, the benefits of having God living in you, you experience them to the fullest. In Jesus' name, you're blessed. Your week is blessed. Your health is blessed. Your mind is blessed. And everything about you is blessed. In Jesus' name. Oh, wow. What a service. I have been so blessed and I know you have been too. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. You can reach the City of the Lord Church on 0777-930882. If you are unable to call, you can email us on thecityofthelordzambia at gmail.com or reach us on Facebook at the city.